Day two of Greg in Regina, covering the Grey Cup festivities. And of course, we had lots to discuss on that front this morning. We talked to a young couple who got married last year, one day before the Grey Cup. And now they're going back to the Grey Cup. We also talked to Bob Irving, sports broadcasting legend, and got his prediction and declaration regarding what he thinks is going to happen on Sunday. And we talked to Milt Stiegel, former Blue Bomber legend, who was a bit more cagey about making a prediction for Sunday. And we had some fun talking about the lengths to which we go to get tickets for a show or book a coveted spot. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, November 17th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, Greg Mackling, day two in, well, I guess technically day three, but day two in the morning in Regina. The festival, the Great Cup Festival kicked off yesterday, did it not? They had a social last night, Sirius FM or Sirius XM had a party last night. I did not attend. I figured if I went out last night, I was setting myself up for disaster for the next couple of days. So I behaved myself yesterday evening. I stayed in the hotel, and uh, tonight I think I'm shifting gears. Oh, party, yeah. party, Greg! Party, yep. Greg is in the house tonight. Yeah, I've always said I can <laughs> sacrifice, you know, on a Thursday and then kind of limp through a Friday and uh, into the weekend. Uh, you know, if I have to do it, I see it as my obligation for my job. So I will sacrifice myself a little bit tonight and. Head out and see if we can catch up with some Winnipeggers making their way here. It is cold this morning. Minus Not 12. again, Mackling. Come on. You no, know, I've got Not Environment again. Canada right yeah, now. Minus mm-hmm. 12. Feels like minus 23. And it's been snowing off and on for the last couple of days. So uh, anyway, the uh, rest of the country would give it to us. It's our opportunity to give it to somewhere else for a change. Well, and it's not looking too bad for Sunday, right? I think the not last I saw was what the high was going to be minus 2. Yeah, any of the forecasts I've seen, uh, minus two, minus three, absolutely, Brett. So uh, the wind will be will be the big question. Uh, you know, the temperature, minus two, three, four, five, six. And yesterday it was only minus five, but the wind and the snow, it, it made it uh, almost unbearable to be outside. But it didn't stop the Blue Bombers from being on the practice field yesterday. Uh, just about all players accounted right. for, except for one very important player, Quarterback Zach Caleros. So, oh. what do we make of that? What was said about that, Greg? Nothing. <laughs> nothing <laughs> of course, was said you got about nothing. It. Yeah, we've got nothing. So, the speculation, of course, is rampant in Blue Bomberland amongst the fans. Are they just resting Caleros? We know that he injured his ankle or his foot or his toes, uh, something uh, lower body on Sunday. The the entire country saw that on television or have seen it in replays. So. There's no hiding the fact that Caleros uh, couldn't finish the game on Sunday. So what happens over the next couple of days is, is, is obviously critical. But I would say this, Zach Caleros does not have to step foot on the practice field over the next three days in order to play on Sunday. So whether we see him or not, uh, it matters not. What matters is whether or not he's able to play on Sunday. Okay, so that's interesting to see what will shake out. Well, fingers crossed that all shall be well. Uh, coming up at 7.05 on the subject of the Grey Cup, Loren, um, you reminded us of this yesterday, uh, mixing the love of football with just love. With Lemur. It was about a year or so ago. I guess it was just over a year because the Grey Cup, of course, was played in December last year. We got a text from one of our listeners saying, hey, we're going to the Grey Cup Sunday, the day after our wedding. And I said, hang on, you're going to get married Saturday night and get on a flight Sunday? And the answer was, yep. So we're going to revisit with uh, Blue Bomber fans and CJB listeners, Ken and Shannon, after seven because they're about to celebrate their one-year anniversary. And, of course are going back to the Grey Cup. And if I recall correctly, they watched them win in Calgary, in Hamilton, and now are going back to Regina. So maybe love is what needs to be in the air on Sunday for that third straight win. Hmm? <laughs> well, they seem, to be good. they seem to be uh, good luck charms at the very That's least. Right. 
So I'm actually scrolling through my pictures here. And I'm because I, I I met them both at the game yes. in Hamilton. Well, they were wearing their just married jerseys, and I believe she still wore her wedding dress, like she wore it to the game. Correct. <laughs> I'm just trying to find the pictures here. I'll send them over to you guys when uh, when I get a moment here. All right. So that's coming up just after seven o'clock, and then at seven thirty-five for our small town salute for those who are on their way to Regina. Over the next couple of days, we're going to talk about some must-do stops on the road to the Cup, Loren. Well, I think it's a drive that many of us have done. Maybe not to the Grey Cup, but so many people have gone west in their lives, whether it's for summer holidays, for trips with the family, might be to get out to school, might be to get out skiing. And if it, if you've been on that road, whether you take the number one or you do a little side trip or whatnot, you got to stop at some point. You know, you're not, you're not, it's not a straight shot from Winnipeg without a stop. We talked snacks on Tuesday. Well, maybe there's some places along the way that you like to stop or you choose to stop or maybe those that you avoid because you've had a bad experience. Because I've actually, I don't know about you guys, but when I go on certain trips, like I have rest stops that I prefer just because I like their vibe or I like, ah, they'll have better snacks or I like that gas station or I like to stop at Happy Rock, for example, in Minnedosa if I was, or Gladstone, sorry, if I was on my way to Saskatoon. So let us know, 780-6868. Is there a place you stop on the way out west or perhaps there might even be a place that you go? We were talking about the tradition of Cub Bakery yesterday in Winnipeg. Is there a must-get item? When you're on the road somewhere else that you mm. like, when you stop in Regina, if you have to, is there a thing you have to get? <laughs> I love the way you put that. As Regina prepares to host Canada's biggest football game of the year, you might be interested to know just what a big deal minor football is in the Queen City. The hub of that activity is Liebel Field in the southeast quadrant of that city. Uh, well, Liebel Field's been around uh, probably, if you look way back, uh, into the 60s and everything. But um, this, the turf and everything was put in in 2011. Uh, we just redid the turf this year. At the city, city actually paid for it, which was kind of nice. But we found in 2000, by about 2008, we had so many kids that we were ruining the field every year that we needed artificial turf. So we started to raise some money and, and um, put together a pretty good plan to, to Im- implement what we have today. Several levels of football playing out of here. I commented, I think it was Rod that said, yeah, the lights are on till late at night. We start early in the morning on the weekends. Like, yeah, there's got to be a beehive of activity here. Yeah, absolutely. We have, you know, Mighty Mites, eight and nine-year-olds right up to, you know, the U16. We also have the high schools play here, the Rams, the University of Regina Rams play games here in the Regina Thunder from the junior football play here as well so we, we're pretty happy with how much it gets used and you know in the fo- in the spring it's used quite a bit by we use it for a spring league football spring league for high school kids and and the uh soccer uses it quite a bit in the in the spring so we're really happy with the amount of amount of play that gets on this field so what's interesting about this field isn't just what they do for the kids this is actually the field greg where the teams are practicing this week not mosaic stadium yeah, they're not allowed to be on the field at Mosaic. I guess they're getting some some logos and that sort of thing done over there. And this is sort of the practice uh, at Grey Cups, as I've learned over the last couple of years, that the teams will practice at amateur facilities. But this is no regular amateur facility. Like, this place is spectacular. It's got a 1,000 seats. It's got a video scoreboard. It's got incredible state-of-the-art dressing rooms. And the moment Derek Taylor and I arrived, I knew I wanted to learn more. How did they make this happen? So the voice you were hearing and the voice you'll hear now is that of Len Antonini. He's the executive director of Regina Minor Football. And he was kind enough to walk me through how this amazing facility came to be good friend of mine kelly hamilton and myself we were both firefighters and quite a few years ago we decided that we wanted to build a a stadium that that's you know second to none and you know i've had the fortune of coach team canada and team saskatchewan i've seen places all over canada and down into the texas and everything so i had a pretty good idea of what we wanted to do 
We're very fortunate with the, the people in Regina. We have uh, four or five guys that have been huge contributors. We've never used any of the kids' money for this. It's all been donated and it's all been fundraised. And uh, like this year, our, our 50-50 that we'd run every year was, we sold $85,000. The board of directors do a lot of things, right? And we're, we're pretty fortunate with, with the people around that love football and, and want to contribute to, you know, it's a, it's uh, the value put on this now is about $15 million. Uh, we paid about $10 million for it. Regina Minor Football raised all the money and, and we gave it back to the city because if we owned it, we'd have to pay property taxes and that's about 200000 a year. So it's better for us the way we do it now. And it's uh, it's been really, it's been something else, I got to admit. Yeah, the game day experience, you guys, is apparently big league. Here's Lan again. Well, kids get to play on artificial turf all the time. Our game day experience is... Um, Second to none. Like, you know, the, from the people in the canteen that are kind of family orientated, you know, it, it's not $11 for a hot dog or, or you know, seven fifty for a pop or anything like that. So that itself, we got, you know, the video display board. The kids get to see themselves on, on the video display. We have a music. We have an announcer for every game. You know, um, just the fact that, uh, you know, we have, a, we have teams from out of town that come and play in our league and, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's more, it's all about the game, the experience that we have for the kids. It's like, you know, basically it's bas- like playing pro almost, it, you know, the, the way you're treated and, and the, you know, the, the facility that they're, they're given for this place. So as we were discussing this earlier this morning, Loren, you asked the question about like what's the impact been on football overall in Saskatchewan with this facility and it's not just about having a fancy place for the kids to play on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Antonini believes it is part of football Saskatchewan's success on the national stage. Yeah, our spring league, which we run with all the high schools, we're all, we do a draft. We have 250 kids come out. We do a draft and draft four teams. And so you got kids from all different schools playing together and in the spring. That, that along with our U16 program in Saskatchewan and our U18 program in Saskatchewan, you know, we've, we've built a great uh, football um, community here. And, you know, when you look at it, uh, our U18 program has won the, the national championship for, with Football Canada Cup. The last three years in a row so Saskatchewan one of the smallest provinces you know beating Quebec and Alberta and BC and you know Manitoba but that you know not nothing against you guys but uh, we do very well at, at the national level so I think the grassroots here are huge and, and I think that this has a lot to do with it and this place sounds awesome Mackling yeah <laughs> It is mind-blowing, you guys. Like I said, I pulled in, I looked around, and there's this modern building in the in the north end zone, and uh, the the the, uh, the change rooms are on the main level, and the garage for all the equipment. Like they they had that field cleared as well as or better than IG Field was cleared <laughs> last Sunday for for the Western Final. It, it's a spectacular spot, and uh, yeah, really really cool stuff, you guys. This topic is inspired by a couple of headlines that Ticketmaster is making this week for the wrong reasons. Taylor Swift tickets went on sale in the States earlier this week, and there was a full nuclear meltdown of their website. It was massive crash after crash after crash. So Swifties are outraged. And then in Canada, if you go to Ticketmaster and look at the Grey Cup, there are hundreds if not thousands of tickets up for grabs on the resale market from, I guess, probably people. People in Saskatchewan who bought tickets, and since the riders aren't playing, they they want to get rid of their tickets. But Ticketmaster is being kind of a pain about that. So anyway, inspired by Ticketmaster nonsense, let's talk about the lengths that you have gone to to either secure a ticket or book a spot for something. Tell us a story at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Jeff Braun, let's start with you, sir. Well, the movie tickets have changed so much in the last few years that it's it's. Nice on the one hand, you can buy the, your tickets early and you don't have to rush down there and stand in line and hope it's not sold out and hope you get a good seat and all that sort of thing. But it's also taken away the ability sometimes to 
just go to the movies on the spur of the moment, like on a whim. Uh, my girlfriend and I have tried that several times, only to find out that, like, even even on a Thursday, thinking, well, let's go to see that next Tuesday, and then finding out the tickets are already all gone. <laughs> it's like, well, you have to, like, plan months in advance to go see a movie. That's kind of silly. But uh, the, 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 the way they do it in general now, I think, is better because you don't have to rush down there, which I hate. You know what? That that reminds me in uh, 1998 uh, for Valentine's Day. I wanted to take my girlfriend, Leah, to see Titanic. and But to do that, I had to... So first I had to go to Kildonan Place uh, at like noon when the box office opened. And there were like 50 guys in line. And because they didn't have the self-serve checkouts, they had one box office person. So we, I waited an hour just to buy the tickets. But because it wasn't reserved seating, yeah. then when we came back to see the movie, we had to get there like two hours early <laughs> to try to get a decent spot. So, yeah, it's, uh, so that's I don't miss that. Three hours of prep time for a three-hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good point. Good point. Loren, what about you? Well, the most stress I've ever had booking tickets was for the season tickets for the Winnipeg Jets when they announced they were coming back and that was me on a computer and my husband on a computer and and yelling are you in are you in and going back and forth and all the rest and that was the most stressful time because I had said years ago before we got married yeah sure if they come back we'll we'll get season tickets and then I because I didn't think they'd come back and then they did and so this pressure was immense but we ended up getting them and that was awesome but more recently I'm just gonna say I am so done with booking anything or trying to send an email to anyone where you have to do that is it ketcha? You know, like fill in the, oh, what yeah. do you Hop see shot. in the box? I'm just going to admit to complete stupidity. Earlier this week, we had the Regina Hotel Association on. I was trying to book an interview with them through their website. And it asked in the box, like it said, to prove you're a human. And then it showed this equation in a box. It said nine plus three. So I typed in nine plus three. And then it didn't work. And then it showed nine <laughs> minus two. And so I typed in nine minus two. And then it had 11 plus five. I swear to you, I'm embarrassed to say this. I think it was 11 times before I thought, do they want the answer to this math? <laughs> <laughs> so finally, I, ty- I type in like nine, you know, six plus three, nine. And it was like, you're in. Your email is on its way. And I thought, why? Like, you know. Like these proving you're human and then realizing in that very human moment that you're an idiot is dr- those things drive me nuts and they're everywhere now. No matter how you try to book anything, you got to click those little things and check off the crosswalks and do math. I hate it. And how many bots are trying to email the Regina Hotel I Association? I don't know. Like it wasn't <laughs> like it was a bank account, right? Or you're trying to like prove security wise. Like what's the sec- <laughs> hardcore security measure there? But I was so frustrated and I was, yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, anyway. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hate that CAPTCHA stuff. Uh, what about you, Cameron Poitras? Uh, well, I mean, like I'm, uh, my wife and I love, love Disney World. We, you know, we, we've kind of made a pact. We're going to try to get down there once every, every two years. But there's certain things uh, there, like if you want to book reservations to um, – uh, like a certain restaurant or a spot or something like that. Uh, you have to wake up 60 days beforehand <laughs> um, at 3.30 Eastern time, like at 2.30 in the morning to <laughs> book uh, this spot. And if you miss it, y- you have literally 30 seconds. There is a 30-second window 60 days before in the middle of the night. Like I tried last time we went um, – uh, in the springtime, I, you know, I'm, I was up, I, I set my alarm 30 seconds gone, completely gone. Like <laughs> I, 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 I just think there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be a better system, but I guess how else would you do it? Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Next time go to Disneyland. Forte, what about you? For me, it was getting a spot at a bonfire, because sh- there's there's a big fire pit and there's lots of people going there. So I got there a little bit early and I set up my lawn chair right right at a nice spot and close to the pit. I know I'm gonna get some heat from that fire. It's gonna feel good. <laughs> well, that, that was that was all pointless because the wind changed. The smoke comes to my face. I can't see. I can't breathe. So I end up just pushing my chair over the way and standing behind everyone and just you know having conversations behind everyone. But like just. Going early just was so pointless to me. It did nothing. (laughs) Just over a year ago, we introduced you to a Winnipeg couple who were preparing for a pretty, pretty, pretty big weekend, Greg. (laughs) Yeah, their wedding 
was on the Saturday night before Grey Cup, and then early Sunday, they got on a flight to Southern Ontario to watch the Blue Bombers play in their second consecutive Grey Cup. It couldn't have gone any better in the stands last year, still in her dress and wearing jerseys that said, Just Married! The newlyweds not only celebrated their first full day of marriage, but their favorite football team winning the championship again, Loren. So that had me thinking, are they planning to head to Grey Cup this year? Technically, not their anniversary. You might recall last year due to COVID, the Grey Cup wasn't played until December. But for this couple, it's apparently a thing. And so they're heading out to Regina this weekend where they not only hope to toast almost one year of marriage, but ooh, maybe another Grey Cup for their beloved team. We say good morning to Shannon Hardman. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning. And Ken Hardman, hi. Hey, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us again. And I don't think we actually got to speak to you after your wedding. I know Greg saw you in the stands in Hamilton. But Shannon, if you could first just take us back to the wedding last year and then the day after. I mean, what a whirlwind weekend. It really was. We uh, we had our wedding, yeah, the Saturday night. And we stayed and partied all night like a normal wedding. And we got home around 4 o'clock and had to be at the airport for five. So it was a pretty rushed weekend, but we had a lot of fun, and uh, it couldn't have been a better outcome. Jeez, did you get any sleep uh, like when you got to the Grey Cup? No, not really. <laughs> wow. And Ken, so you're going back this year. Do you always go to the Grey Cup? Uh, yeah, this will be a third one in a row. So we, we, we tend to travel if the Bombers are going. Um, we, we buy tickets in hope, and uh, if not, then maybe we, uh, maybe we sell, maybe we don't. So, Shannon, uh, the first gift I ever bought my now wife was a Winnipeg Jets hat. And uh, hockey was the first thing we sort of commiserated about. In fact, when we started dating, she didn't like football at all, but now she's as big a Blue Bomber fan as I am. Sports has a way of, of bringing people together for all sorts of reasons so tell us about the role football plays in your and, and Ken's relationship um you know it's it, it's great for us because yeah we we go to the games together and when we're not at the games um we're hosting and having everyone over um but it's also just great for our family our whole family is such a, a big Blue Bombers fans and um, our daughter huge fans so you know it's really it just like the team spirit and everything it really is just a great time for family. So Ken for you when you look ahead to this weekend I know I remember talking to you last year and the nerves you felt in that western final last year but now you know that's all in the past we're looking ahead so now are you taking a road trip seriously like by car this weekend what's on the agenda for you guys as you have this early anniversary but also hopefully a, a really great weekend. Well, it's, it's, it's a compact weekend because we're leaving Saturday morning again, so drive out there. We're going to attend to some great cup festivities Saturday during the day. Our hotel's in Moose Jaw, so 45 oh. minutes past Regina. And uh, we'll go get some sleep, and then we'll head right back into Regina for, uh, for some more great cup. The, and, and the Moose Jaw big celebration. The Moose Jaw hotel situation, was that just because you couldn't find anything in Regina? It, it was more just the price that was in Regina. It just it it was uh, it was much cheaper in Moose Jaw. I have a really large expanse of a floor in my hotel room, so I mean that could be up for rent <laughs> for a couple of nights. You guys bring your own inflatable mattress, but uh, uh, we could talk about that off the air. But the whole idea of Grey Cup and it being a family and almost a reunion for a lot of folks every single year do you have folks shannon that that you've met in great cups past that that you make sure you get together with from across the country you know we actually just travel with a bunch of our winnipeg friends um we haven't really met anyone i don't think that um we've really kept in contact with but it's funny because every time we go to a great cup we tend to make friends with people that it feels like you've known them forever just because you cheer for the same team although we don't really keep in touch with them after but it, it's still a great time hanging out with the people that, that are strangers at first but kind of become your friends by the end of the first quarter before we let you go, it's not your anniversary yet, but the one year is approaching. So what's one year of married life been like, Shannon? Um, it's been good. It's been good. Um, to be honest, not much different from before the wedding. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, it's good. It's cool to be able to call someone a husband, I guess. <laughs>
<laughs> well, Shannon Hardman and Ken Hardman, we thank you very much and have fun this weekend in Regina. Shannon, thank you. Thank you so much. And Ken, thank you as well. Thank you very much. And a happy almost anniversary to you both. For a chance to win Winnipeg Jets tickets on Monday, Carolina Hurricanes at Canada Life Centre for 90s night. We're asking you the lengths that you've gone to to secure a ticket or secure a spot for something. And no surprise, I was wondering how long it would take to get to go down this road. Loren, what does Mike have for us? One of our listeners first texted to say, hey, I bet you're going to get a lot of camping texts and as well as the leisure guide text on booking swimming lessons. And then seconds later, Mike texted to say, camping in Manitoba. We bought a camper two years ago and still haven't been able to use oh, it. No. And so I texted back, hang on, you can't get back on the site. And he said, well, we try for that specific day, but we're always way down in the queue. And then they never have anything later that we can actually use. So I get that can be a very real frustration. There's got to be something out there, though, Mike, we can find for you. And then Mackling, somebody drove quite a long way to try to get some tickets for a major band. Back in the 1980s, myself and four friends drove from Dauphin to Winnipeg just to stand in line to buy Def Leppard tickets. Can't remember if there were easier ways to get a ticket back then, but we were young and dumb. I don't know how you got tickets in Westman for events at uh, the Winnipeg Arena back in the day. That might have been the only way that you could do it unless you had a proxy, somebody that could have done it on your behalf. But I'm sure you had a lot of fun. Yeah. And Def Leppard's worth question. it every time. I, I can't remember how we got tickets. Uh, uh, the only My sister went to New Kids on the Block in grade 9, and I went to Garth Brooks a couple years later. Those are the only two ones I can remember, both in Winnipeg. How did we get those tickets? Who bought? Do you remember who bought them? No. <laughs> Did I even pay for them? Was I supposed to be there? I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to ask. And, uh, you know, Cam was talking about how he had to get up 60 days earlier to book a restaurant in Disney World. And I had uh, not quite as intense, but earlier this year, my buddies and I were, we just wanted to go virtual golfing at this place called Golf Zone on McGilvery. And um, they only released the tee time seven days out, but we wanted to go on a Saturday, so we knew it would be busy because it was always tough. So at Friday night at 11.59 p.m., I checked to make sure that they haven't released the times yet, and they hadn't. And then at 12 a.m., I refreshed the site. The tee times were there, and they were gone in like two minutes. I was able to, I was one of the people who got them, but it was nuts. It was like, how many guys are up trying to book virtual <laughs> golf at midnight on a Friday night? So let us know. Wow. Yeah. Lots of new virtual golf places opening in Winnipeg uh, this season, by the way. Small town salute. Greg Mackling is in Regina for the Grey Cup. And Loren, today's question is inspired by the road to the Grey Cup. The road trip to the Grey Cup, more specifically. And there's so many people that have made that drive west before for a wide variety of reasons. For example, I had a ton of family... Uh, in Saskatchewan when I was growing up. So we take Highway 16 to Saskatoon and then sometimes down to Regina to visit people. We always stopped in Landenburg. There was family there, but there's a little restaurant we used to always check in on. And now when we go west, because we have Moose the dog, we stop in Whitewood because the gas station parking lot there is so giant that the kids and dad and I can go in and use services in the gas station and Moose just races around in this giant parking lot trying to burn off some energy before we hit the road again. And so... Do you have a place that you must stop? Like maybe it's Uncle Tom's in Minidosa for the burger. Or maybe when you're going through Verdon, you got to do the A&W. You have a little place you want to hit up in Mooseman. 780-6868. You can call now, Brett. Yep, call us now. The phone lines are open. Mackling, you just made this trek with Derek Taylor. Did you guys uh, stop anywhere along the way? Well, I missed out on the Red Barn family restaurant experience in Mooseman. Because uh, DT and I couldn't uh, hold our our hunger past Brandon. We ended up stopping at the McDonald's in Brandon, as a lot of people do on their way to Regina or on their way to Calgary or further points west. But Derek was raving about this red barn in Mooseman. And so we pulled off the highway and I thought, oh, this is awesome. I may have already had a quarter pounder with cheese, 
if I get to go to the Red Barn and try it out. But uh, no, we were just stopping for gas, unfortunately, and uh, there was no room for Red Barn. So I want to hear more about this Red Barn in Musaman. It's apparently I think it's ribs. legendary. There's yeah. ribs, no? Like smoked ribs and some sort of chicken that's supposed to be amazing there? Chicken wings? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know more if you've been to the Red Barn. Tell I'm, me what I missed and uh, should I make sure, should I be planning my meals appropriately on Monday on the way home so that we absolutely stop at the Red Barn in Lucena? Okay. Well, call us at 204-780-6868. We've got Kristen on the line. Hello there, Kristen. Hi. Um, I am just calling about uh, my road trips as a kid, and we would drive through Saskatchewan to my grandparents who live just over the border in Alberta, and they, uh, we would have to take Saskatoon to an hour east of Red Deer, and there was a corner. We'd always stop for supper in Saskatoon, and there was a corner where none of the kids could hold it any longer. But there were no gas stations anywhere, so we had a pee stop. And it was a particular <laughs> intersection that I could probably never find again, but my mom still knows very well where all the kids had to stop and pee. <laughs> the pee stop. Just a, just a good, good old pee stop. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a sign now there. I think it might be an official pee stop. <laughs> yeah, it was just the middle of nowhere, and there's nothing for another hour after that. But nobody had to pee before then. So. <laughs> and this happened every time. Yeah, it was famous, and I think sometimes you probably even stopped if no one had to go because it kind of became a tradition. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's awesome, Kristen. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. 204-780-6868. You can weigh in on text. You can also weigh in on the phone if you would like. And uh, I'm very curious to know more about this Red Barn as well. So uh, feel free to let us know. Um, oh, we have somebody saying, what's this? Uncle Tom's is no I know. longer. It used to be so great, Minadosa, but they, they aren't there anymore, I don't think. It was like the go-to burger stop, Brett. Ah, apparently this listener says they are in Nipawa, but they're only open in the summer. Yeah. So they left, yeah. they fled Minnedosa for Nipawa? I don't know. I don't want to talk about this. Did they move the building down the highway? No, the building's still there. I don't know if there's new ownership or what happened there, but Uncle Tom's was the go-to. For like our whole family, you'd come home, and, and there had to be in that weekend. You could be coming home for Christmas or Thanksgiving and be like, yeah, but forget the turkey. Like, when are we going to Uncle Tom's? There's a light dust and a snow overnight. It's icy, as you've been saying, Brett, in all corners of the city, it feels like. And Joanne might have some anger this morning, saying there are so many lazy idiots on the road with snow all over their vehicle. One pulled out onto Osborne right in front of me because his peephole was defrosted on his, her windshield, didn't allow any kind of peripheral vision. Then as this idiot stepped on the gas, knowing I had to slam on my brakes not to hit him, or her. The snow that was flying off the roof was ridiculous, which now totally covers this idiot's back window. A lot of idiot in the use there, Joanne, but you know, what does it take? Two extra minutes to scrape things off? If you don't have the scraper, I've used a credit card. I used an old toy the other day that was in the back of the car because I couldn't find my scraper, Greg, but you, you gotta do the scraping. Of course you have to do the scraping and the brushing and everything. And if, if you don't care about seeing, uh, maybe don't drive. <laughs> was it on the perimeter highway somebody got a ticket a few years ago for uh, carrying an unsecured load because they didn't clear off the snow off their roof? Oh, yeah. And it was, uh, you know, three or four or five inches of snow and they were driving and got pulled over and, and that's what they got ticketed for. And think about other people. Put your lights on. It's not about seeing. It's about being seen, making sure your tail lights are on and yeah, look out for your fellow drivers because going to MPI isn't a lot of fun for anyone right now. Getting a rental vehicle is almost impossible. Parts for vehicles are difficult. So, you know, th there's a whole bunch of things that can come out of having an accident. And a lot of those things are preventable. That's why they're crashes or collisions. They're not really accidents at all, are they, Brett? No, no. Well, Brian Barkley always used to say he didn't like to call it an accident. He would call it a crash or a collision. And um, so, yeah, I get it. Sometimes you're we're in a rush. You get out to the car. You go, oh, geez, I don't have time for this. But uh, you're better to, to be late than to be dead. Um, Shane, meanwhile, Loren, with a text on uh, must stop for heading west. 
Yeah, we're talking about the road to the Great Cup starts now for many in terms of the road trip. And you're not all coming from Winnipeg or Brandon and taking the Highway 1. You might be coming from up other parts unknown to some of us. And he says if you're coming through, say, area of St. Claude, Rathwell, and you're going through Treeharn, you have to stop at LNJ's Diner. And I've looked it up. It looks great, like one of those kind of roadside stops where you're going to get a great burger and fries. Although I think it's one of those roadside stops, like too many of them, that are closed in winter, guys. Saturday. Something important is being recognized, something called International Day for people impacted by suicide loss. Pat Doyle is the Community Education and Engagement Coordinator with the Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, which is hosting an event on Saturday to mark the day. Pat, good morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for speaking out and thank you for being a voice for this critical conversation. Tell us about your organization, if you would, Pat. Sure. The Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, we envision a Canada without suicide. So for the past three decades, CASP has been working to achieve this this vision by advocating, uh, communicating about suicide and suicide loss, educating for suicide prevention, intervention, and postvention. That, that's aftercare, uh, and certainly promoting life and living in Canada. It's such an important conversation, I think, at any age. I was sharing with the guys earlier this week, you know, that out of the Journal of Pediatrics in the States, there's a new study that showed that visits to the ER for children with suicidal thoughts jumped 59% from 2016 to 2019, 2021. And so that's data up to the end of last year. And when you, when you hear that, you think, oh boy, I mean, A, we need to be talking more about our mental health for sure, but also considering that it really, no one is left untouched in this conversation. Absolutely. And I would suggest that the statistics would be mirrored here in Canada, um, especially con- uh, uh, considering the pandemic that has that has certainly put pressure on our healthcare system, um, and there's been increasing uh, pressures and stressors on families and individuals as well, uh, which includes young people. Those those uh, pressures have not uh, have not left young people untouched. So we we are concerned, and and we want to continue to promote awareness and uh, and recognition of these issues. So on Saturday, the International Day for People Impacted by Suicide Loss, why is this uh, an important thing to highlight? Well, um, every year people gather in mid-November for International Day for People Impacted by Suicide Loss. Um, there will be events happening all over the world. Um, this, this day, on Saturday, um, we will have an event um, entitled We Remember Them, and it will feature a conversation with Carol Todd. So it's an opportunity for us to come together um, as a community um, to form a collective connection among those in attendance, um, so that we can share, we can talk about Carol's story, um, create awareness. Um, she's doing amazing work around bullying awareness, internet safety, uh, the concerns that we all have for the mental health of our young people. Um, so using an interview format, Carol will be sharing her story about loss and healing, as well as some reflections on her advocacy work. Of course, Carol Todd, Amanda Todd's mother, and the the level of guilt, the feelings of I should have recognized this sign or that sign, Pat, has to be devastating for those, you know, that are are survivors of of a suicide by someone that they love. If we know someone who has been impacted by suicide loss, what what can or should we do to support them? Well, certainly allowing them to share their story um, if they're comfortable in doing so and supporting them to do so. Um, Certainly making them aware of the resources and supports that are available in communities uh, to support those that have been impacted by suicide loss. Um, On our website, we actually host a resource directory 
where people can get into contact with some of those those really helpful resources that can promote um, that integration. It, I mean, it's probably the most uh, it's probably the worst outcome that a family could imagine for their child. So if we can help them to integrate that loss in a hopeful and helpful way, that can help the whole family to move forward. Pat Doyle is the Community Education and Engagement Coordinator with the Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention. Thank you very much for bringing this to our attention. It's uh, an all-too-important topic. Thank you so much for having me. The website she mentioned, by the way, suicideprevention.ca for more information. And once again, Saturday is International Day for people impacted by suicide loss. Time now to welcome for our weekly visit, legendary broadcaster, a member of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, a gentleman who has been to more great cups than you can imagine. Let's say good morning to Bob Irving. This will be my 49th consecutive Grey Cup, Brett McGarry. 49! a boy! Yeah, it would have been 50, but for the pandemic, so I might have to go again next year. <laughs> so are you there now, or you're going there? No, we're going tomorrow. I'm not there yet. We're going tomorrow, hoping that the highway situation improves. I understand that by tomorrow, the weather as you go west is expected to improve, so... We'll see. We'll be very careful on our way out there, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. We found a hotel room at the last minute, and uh, away we go. There's something about the Grey Cup, Bob, and we've talked about this before, but if you haven't been to one, you you might not get it from the outside about why you would go, even if your team isn't in it. But there there are fans that wear those pins that they've collected over the decades. They keep coming back. They've made best friends that they never knew until they went to the Grey Cup. I mean, what what will be on display this weekend when we talk about that rich tradition? Well, when I first started going, Lauren, they call it the Great Canadian Drunk. You know, and it was uh, all about partying at the Grey Cup. People from across the country and when the American teams were in the league in the 90s, uh, some would come from Baltimore and places like that. And it's just one big party. There's uh, there's party rooms all over the downtown area, whatever city it's held in. Each team has their own sort of uh, party headquarters. And, you know, they'd have music and entertainment and, of course, food and drink. And people just wander around and have a good time and talk about the game that they love and all the rest of it. So you're right. Unless you've actually attended one, it's hard to get a sense for it. But uh, the camaraderie and the fun level is right through the roof at a great cup. Meet you at Touchdown Manitoba tomorrow, Bob? I'll be there. Yes, sir. They don't call it Touchdown Manitoba anymore, but that's what you and I call it, Greg. So uh, I think there's a different name, but that's what it is. That's the Blue Bomber Party. It's from noon to five or six. I'm not sure where, but I will find it, Mr. Mackling. Okay, I'll make sure you do. So we've been sort of dancing around and and leaving this uh, part of the conversation till the end here. Zach Caleros didn't practice yesterday. Anybody listening to CJOB and anyone who cares knows this. I had more text messages than I can count yesterday from people wanting to know what it means. And is he there? Is he really there? Did you see him at all? No, didn't see him at all. First of all, Bob, what are the Blue Bombers obligated to share with regard to the health of the odds on choice to be named the league's most outstanding player tonight? Well, under league rules, they're not obligated to share anything, and so they don't. They will have a closed practice today. I know he didn't practice yesterday. They'll have a closed practice today, so nobody will get any insight there. Uh, They do have the awards tonight, and Zach's expected to be named the most outstanding player in the country, so I presume we'll see him walk up on the stage, and that will give us a bit of a clue. Uh, And I think the Bombers are going to win four awards tonight. Dalton Schoen, Stanley Bryan, Mike O'Shea should all be in the winner's circle. I would say this about Kolaris. He'll play on Sunday. There's no doubt in my mind he'll play. And if he doesn't practice all week, that's fine. I wouldn't be worried about that. Just get him as healthy as he can be. Uh, and then send him out there Sunday and see how long and, uh, you know, how effectively he can go. I know that this is one of the big stories of the week, but, uh, no, the Bombers are going to keep it under wraps for the entire week, and unless the league tells them otherwise, uh, and they won't, then that's what they're going to do. 84, I mentioned this earlier, 84, Tom Clements was injured in the in the West Final, and Cal Murphy, who is a master at uh, at games with the media and gamesmanship with the other team, had everyone guessing pretty much right up until kickoff as to whether or not Clements or Huffnagel would ultimately 
uh, you know, get in behind center. And it was Clements who, who played incredibly well in that 47-17 game. Is Mike O'Shea apt to take advantage, quote-unquote, of a situation like that to, to mess with uh, former Blue Bomber quarterback Ryan Dinwiddie? Yeah, well, I guess you could look at it that way, Greg. But, I, you know, I've heard what the Argos have said all week, and they all expect Calaris to play. I just don't think anybody uh, that's close to the game and around the game thinks he won't play. Now, the question would be how effective will he be? Will that uh, ankle or leg injury, you know, inhibit him in any way? That's the, the question to be answered. But the fact that he didn't practice yesterday and might not practice this week won't have Ryan Dinwiddie, the coach of the Argos, thinking anything other than the fact that he is going to play in the game on Sunday, and then you'll take it from there. But look, uh, anytime a team can sort of, uh, you know, take advantage of a situation like that and make the other team think about, you know, what they're going to do to stop a certain player, it's going to be done. It's been done in the history of sport, and that will never change. But I know the Argos all expect Calaris to play. I know the Bombers all expect them to play. I expect them to play, and then we'll see what happens. Are you prepared to make a declaration as far as who is going to emerge victorious? Sure, though. I think the Bombers will win. How do you bet against a team that's won 33 of the last 39 games it's played regular season and playoff? How do you bet against them? You, you, you just don't. don't. No, you don't. So, yeah, I, I think they'll win. Now, the Argos are good, uh, and somebody's going to lose this game, but I don't think it'll be Winnipeg. Bob Irving joining us live on 680 CGOB. <laughs> for our weekly sports chat with the the prognostication, the declaration, bombers shall emerge victorious. Bob, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay, you guys. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. In our next segment, we are giving away a pair of tickets to 90s night with the Winnipeg Jets with the Jets pressing rewind on Monday night as they take on the Carolina Hurricanes. As part of that, fanny packs will be given away to the first 5,000 fans. Who doesn't love it? I love a fanny pack. I think I would rock one again. And so, of course, on top of that, 90s tunes will abound. To tell us more about Game Night Monday, we're joined by Kyle Ballheri, Senior Director of Game Preparation with the Winnipeg Jets. Good morning, Kyle. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Most important question, what are you wearing Monday night to display 90s night? <laughs> uh, well, I'll be wearing my suit, but maybe I'll uh, dig out a tie from the 90s, which I'm sure the folks that lived in the 90s still have their ties from the 90s, so I'll probably bring that. Well, maybe a piano tie or something like, like that, Kyle. Uh, that Kyle, I'm exactly what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> Kyle, I'm in Regina for Grey Cup, and of course, green is the color of this province but green was also once upon a time the color of the carolina hurricanes before they moved from hartford to to north carolina any chance we're seeing those sweet hartford whalers retro jerseys on the on the hurricanos on monday only on fans that will wear it in the stands unfortunately carolina was not able to bring their uh the reverse retro so um or their their i think they are bringing their dark uniforms of course but um they're not bringing the whalers unfortunately all right fine i just thought i would ask because i know there'd be a lot thousands of jets fans who have you know just uh, memories of the whale and and the whalers not only in the nhl but the uh world hockey association as well there's a you know still a a rivalry in the in the mind of of many of us oh for sure and i mean i it's funny with the whalers because they went from what i remember in the 70s and 80s to being ridiculed for having the ugliest uniforms in the league the entire time. Flash, flash forward 20 years, and somehow they're celebrated as having one of the greatest uniforms of all time. So I'm not sure. So this homestand kicks off tonight with the Jets taking on the Anaheim Ducks and the team paying homage to Timu Solani and Teppo Numanen, inducting them into the team's Hall of Fame. Are you involved in the brainstorming for nights like this as well? Like What goes into honoring two of Winnipeg's most beloved hockey legends? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a there's a, a decent sized crew at True North and and others that we rely on uh, for our Hall of Fame decisions. And and you know, way back when, when we were talking about you know who's in the the Hall of Fame, um, Timo and Teppel were brought up at that point. So the planning for this night's been in the works for quite some time. And um, you know, obviously with the pandemic and a couple other things that happened in between, we haven't been able to do it for a couple of years. So. We're absolutely thrilled to have them, and I'll tell you, um, I don't know if I've met two more excited guys than Timo and Temple over the last couple of days. They are 
so thrilled to be back in Winnipeg, and they just cannot stop talking about friendly Manitoba and how amazing their time was here. They've been driving by their old houses, meeting old mm-hmm. friends. They are ecstatic to be here in Winnipeg. You know, I've I've heard them express that kind of excitement before, and yet at the same time, there's something pretty special, Kyle, about when we bring back players who really fell in love with this town to find that they still have that love all the years later. Yeah, and I think that's what makes Winnipeg special. It's a, it's a small, big city, and everybody seems to know each other. And like I said, their faces were just lit up with being able to connect with old friends. And, I mean, that's that's what Winnipeg has. And I think Winnipeg's got more love than any other city out there. So let's keep that going. Eddie Olchuk tells a story about his wife being in labor and him delivering the news, pardon the pun, that they were getting traded to Winnipeg. And, of course, they dreaded the fact that they were coming here. And then you talk to Eddie Olchuk 20, 25, 30 years later, removed from his first go-around in Winnipeg. He was a Jet twice and and remains his favorite place he ever played. So something special about hockey in Winnipeg. 90s night, Monday, big night tonight. Tickets available for either of those games, Kyle? Tickets are are available for both. Um, Saturday night's game against the Penguins are limited. But uh, tonight there's tickets available. Monday there's tickets available. They are going fast, though. I think the steam has really picked up this morning, and I know tickets are going fast. So if there's anyone out there, obviously, that's looking to attend tonight's game and see Timo and Tapo and give them their honor, we might have Kurt Keel back at the game tonight, too. Well, we will. So the fans will have a chance to to honor him as well. Um, And it should be just a wonderful night. All right, so Monday night, 90s night. Uh, we mentioned the fanny pack. So what can we expect? Like, in it, What's going to be different about this experience versus uh, going to a typical Jets game? Yeah, well, I mean, it'll be wall-to-wall 90s night, uh, 90s music, which will be absolutely fantastic. We have a ton of fans that are in that era, of course. Uh, we have 5,000 fanny packs at the door, which I'm sure everybody on this call probably had one back in the 90s at some point. Um, you know, and there'll be just be a ton of fun. We've got some special guests. We have Danny Graves from The Watchmen singing the anthems. So that's something Ooh, we're extremely nice. excited about. Very I just nice. want to hear some salt and pepper Monday night, all right? Salt and pepper abound. You will get your, your wish, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and, oh, and one more thing before we let you go, the, uh, the, the fancy light show that you guys have there that you can change and do different designs. Is that going to be a 90s theme? We're, we're continuing to uh, basically update our projector show and all the LEDs to try to theme it for each of the nights. And we've got a really, really sweet package for our reverse retro jerseys. And um, if you haven't seen that yet, we encourage everyone to come early. And, and of course, come early tonight. The ceremony's tonight. It starts earlier than normal. So uh, everyone should be there by 7 at the latest tonight, for sure. Kyle Ballharry, Senior Director of Game Preparation for the Winnipeg Jets, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Kyle, thank you for this. Thanks, everyone. See you tonight. And we oh. are giving away. <laughs> I, you, it, I can't believe I'm missing the game tonight. Well, I can't believe you are. That's a tough call, man. You can't have it all. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We have tickets for Jets 90s night, Canada Life Centre on Monday when the Carolina Hurricanes come to town. And we're asking you about the lengths you've gone to to secure a ticket or a spot. Like Andrea, one of our runners up here, Andrea says, I have camped out overnight for NXS tickets, stood in line for Corey Hart, and had Ticketmaster on redial for Brian Adams. I now find myself in the midst of a newfangled technology lineup for tickets. Garth Brooks. Just announced a Las Vegas residency for about 25 dates in 2023. In order to have a chance for tickets, I registered to become a verified fan. If I get said verified status, I may be selected to participate in the ticket sale for one of the five dates I had to pre-select. And even if I am granted access to the sale, I'm still not guaranteed the tickets. As per the email confirmation I received, if demand for tickets from verified fans exceeds supply, verified fans may be selected at random what? to participate in the sale. Wow. Is like Elon, Elon Musk running this uh, <laughs> ticket? Yeah. What's exactly. with all the verification and do you Eight need a blue bucks. check too? Yeah. Like, for goodness sakes. <laughs> I've got to pay for the blue check. Ren, <laughs> um, you also flagged a text here. One another runner up from Tony with a cute story. Tony says it was over 20 years ago. The gold eyes were still very, fairly new on the scene. I showed up on game day with my five-year-old son in tow, decked out with his glove and ball cap brimming with excitement. I went to the ticket window. 
imagine buying tickets in person as an aside, and asked for two of the best seats available. A crusty old ticket agent looked up from his very important task and asked, what? For today's game? That sold out weeks ago. I looked down at my little buddy and watched his lips start to quiver as it dawned on him that we weren't going to be going to our first game together. I looked at the crusty old man behind the glass, our eyes locked, and without changing the gruff look on his face, he <laughs> slid two complimentary tickets through the hole in the glass and said, Enjoy today's game. I'll never forget that act of kindness, says Tony, and we enjoyed the game, surrounded by players' wives, right behind the third base. Awesome. The crusty old guy had a solid heart as well. Um, but Ty in the brokery, Mackling, is our winner. Okay, so we're going to put this in the, the file marked Things We Do For Our Children. Years ago, my kid growing up had a favorite band. Actually, it was a trio of characters. That's right. My kid loved the Doodle Bops. Yeah! <laughs> Mo and all the crazies from the Doodle Bops. And one year, they decided to come to the Red River Axe, and my kid wanted to go. Of course, it was rush seating, so they're enjoying the rides. And she wanted to make sure she was in the front row, so good old dad... As they did the ride, sat at the front of the line for an hour and a half for them to open so he could be front of the stage. Now, they were playing two shows on Sunday, so she had such a good time at the first show. Being the front row, she wanted to go back to the second show, which was at 7 o'clock. So what does dad have to do? Mm, Had to stick around in the same spot because she didn't want to lose said spot. So they went for lunch, they had drinks, did some rides, and dad sat there again. Thousands of kids still there. One adult, me, yours truly. That was Ty. But then she found out they were having an autograph session. So the show started. Dad didn't stay for the show. Dad had to go to the special Ted Soda and wait uh, again first in line so she could be the first one to get the Doodle Bops autograph. And I not say uh, there's a second show on the third and fourth uh, days yet on Sunday. This all happened again. My daughter saw the Doodle Bobs four times. Wow. Ty, step it up huge for his little girl. And now that gets you the Jets tickets for Monday night. Congratulations, sir. Sir, wonderful story. Awesome stuff. Thanks to all for sharing, as always. His voice is still a fixture on our airwaves in support of HSC Foundation. You see him every week. If you watch CFL coverage on TSN, and every once in a while, he joins us right here on The Start. Let's welcome one of Winnipeg's favorite adopted sons, Milt Stiegel, number 85. Good morning, Milt. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whichever it may be, but good to talk to you guys. Always good to talk to you. It was great seeing you yesterday, and one of the first things I said was congratulations on selling out the HSC lottery. I I think it's, A, such a big deal you stay connected to Manitoba through that relationship, but also selling it out. Uh, I know, I know that means a lot to you, man, without a doubt. And it seems like each and every year it just sells out, you know, early and earlier. And that's just a testament to everyone throughout Manitoba, uh, uh, giving, uh, of their time and, and, and their resources. So I'm always uh, proud to know that I'm a small part of that, uh, great initiative. So thanks to everyone throughout Manitoba. Okay, so we want to move to some football talk, of course, and I'm sure you've been asked them this many times. Zach Claros didn't practice yesterday. Is it a big deal in the overall scheme of things? I think it is. I think it is because the fact that, okay, maybe he didn't practice, but he didn't show up on the field. There was no sign of Zach. Uh, I don't know if he was in uh, in the locker room getting treatment or if he was back at the hotel, whatever it may be. Uh, I think it's a big deal because if he was healthy enough just to come out and, you know, move around, jog around, whatever, he would have been out there. So there's some concern with Zach. Or maybe Michael Shea is just, you know, fooling everyone and trying to throw everyone off. I don't know. But uh, from the outside looking in, I think there's definitely some concern. Uh, we won't be able to see uh, if anything happens within the day because it's a closed practice. But in my opinion, there has to be some level of concern as far as the health of Zach Kalars. Do you still expect him to play, Milt? I do. I do. I think he'll get out there and uh, regardless of how healthy or how not healthy he is, he'll, he'll attempt to get out there and play. Uh, will he have a negative impact on the game because he can't move around? This just remains to be seen. Uh, I, I don't know. I would love for him to get some practice time in. I'm sure they would too. And 
if he's healthy enough, they'll do that. But regardless, I think we'll see him on the field in some capacity. And will he stay? Will he remain? I don't know. That just remains to be seen. Now the 2007 Grey Cup. Current current Argos coach Ryan Dinwiddie started in place of your injured starting quarterback, Kevin Glenn. So how do you prepare to play without the guy who got you there? You had to bring that up. I knew I knew that was coming. I knew that talk was coming. <laughs> Sorry, you know what? That, that's, no, no, no. That, that's the first thing I thought about when I saw uh, Zach get hurt, you know, in, in, that, in that Western final because it was towards the end of the game. Same way with Kevin Glenn. That's the first thing I thought of. Uh, they're, they're in a better position because Ryan Dinwiddie, that was his first game starting. Uh, if Drew Brown is their guy, they start. He, he started a game this year and actually did okay besides the – two interceptions for, you know, for a touchdown, he did okay. So, but that was the first thing I thought of. And it's, it's difficult, you know, being on that big stage and all this pressure being on you, being on a team that's expected to win, who's won two in a row. And now uh, you're in the most important position as a starting quarterback. It's, it's not an easy task, but uh, good for them that they have so many other great pieces around him, a great defense, a great running game, some great receivers. It takes some of the pressure off of it, but it's not going to be an easy task for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to win this game if Zach is not starting. It makes it so much harder. So uh, for everyone in this organization, even for myself, because, you know, I, I cheer for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, let's hope that Zach is starting and he's uh, up to speed as much as possible. So we've mentioned the fact, Milt, that yeah, there's going to be a three-peat yeah. no matter what. Either the Blue Bombers are going to win their third consecutive Great Cup or number 33, Andrew Harris, is going to claim his third straight Grey Cup as a player. How big of a factor can uh, Andrew Harris be for the Argonauts on Sunday? Yeah, he's going to be motivated. He's been playing it down a little bit how, you know, that's not a motivating factor. Please, Andrew, you, you, you know that's a big motivating factor. After you won that game, you were praying and hoping that you were going to face the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I mean, regardless, he was going to face his former, face his former team, but you know 100% he wanted to face the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, he mentioned that he felt a little disrespected that they offered him a contract, basically saying, we don't want you back. We'll take you back, but we don't want you back. And it's a business. You know, the guy that replaces him has done a great job, but Andrew felt somewhat disrespected, and this is the team he wants to face. He's going to be motivated. Would that motivation allow him to go out there and play a great game? Maybe not. He's going to be his talent and his offensive line blocking for him. So uh, this is the matchup that everyone wanted to see. Uh, yes, it's Andrew Harris, a Toronto Argonauts versus the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but it's also Andrew Harris versus his former team, and everyone involved is definitely looking forward to it. I wanted to uh, just jump back in here because got just about the entire team within less than 60 feet of me here as they're all getting ready to go through the walkthrough today. They're waiting for the buses to pull up and the, and the energy. Everybody's, you know, it's business as usual everybody's focused on what's going on today, but Andrew Harris suggested that he thought there might be more people cheering for Toronto on Sunday because the Saskatchewan fans hate the Blue Bombers so much they couldn't possibly, couldn't possibly stomach the idea of cheering for the Bombers and seeing their arch rival win the Grey Cup on their home turf. And I was out uh, yesterday, Milt, and had a Blue Bomber uh, sweatshirt on and the, the woman at the taco time just the manager her name is Amy she just rolled her eyes at me she says are you kidding me Blue Bomber fans here already and she went on a three minute tirade as to why she would never ever cheer for the Blue Bombers do you think that the Bombers might be fighting the crowd despite thousands of Winnipegers making their way to Regina from Peg City without a doubt those, those Rough Rider fans would rather this game be snowed out and canceled in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers winning. I mean, that, that's just the way they, they, they look at it. Uh, I'm sure they're really disappointed that their team is not in it, but it's even probably more disappointing that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have an opportunity to win their third consecutive Grey Cup in Regina. That would really hurt them. So Andrew may be correct that there may be some fans uh, just because they hate the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, not like they like the Toronto Argonauts, but they hate the Winnipeg Blue Bombers more than they like the Toronto Argonauts. So they'll be cheering for these Argonauts. Of course, there'll be uh, thousands of Winnipeg fans making the trip up from Winnipeg, but 
I think there will be more Saskatchewan fans cheering here hard for these Toronto Argonauts because they do not want the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to win their third consecutive Grey Cup in Regina. Millet, you said something interesting in the last few minutes, just about the idea of wanting to play a team so that you can beat them, that it's not really about playing the easiest team, that even if it is the harder team on paper, sometimes you want to get that team and get them good. Oh, without a doubt. You, you, as they say, to, to, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, have been the best over the last two and a half seasons, you know, basically since – uh, Zach stepped on the scene. The end of 2019, this team has dominated. And uh, it hasn't even been close in some situations. The amount of games they've won. They've dominated everyone. Uh, it's been very few teams have been able to keep up with them. So I'm sure uh, the Toronto Argonauts, Ryan Dinwiddie, is looking at it from that standpoint. Yeah, we, we didn't care who we played. But, of course, if we had to pick a team, we want the team who won the last two Grey Cups so we can say, okay, we truly beat the best team. Easier said than done. Uh, it's not going to be easy task. Uh, of course, it is easier. Zach is not playing, but it's not going to be easy task. But uh, if you're in a championship situation, you want to be the team who's won the last two championships and say, yes, we are the best team in the CFL right now. And before we let you go, Milt, who's going to win on Sunday? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Hold on. I, I got to wait and see till I, till I see the, the injury report. I, I got to see the, the, the impact or the health of Zach Kalars. When that happens, uh, I'll decide. Of course, uh, I want Winnipeg to win, but if I want to give my honest opinion, I have to wait and see how healthy Zach is. A measured response, which we appreciate, Milt Stiegel. Thank you so much. We always appreciate your time. Uh, thanks a lot. All right, you guys take care. Thanks.